Good morning, everyone. It's nice to be back with you all. I uh, heard things went well last weekend with Father Jim Thermos. And thank you for your prayers for our uh, marriage prep retreat. So all of our readings today are warnings to priests. So you don't have to worry about it. Go home. And uh, no. Of course, there's going to be things that apply to all of us. But it really is. Today, Mal- the book of Malachi, there's a long section. That was our first reading. The book of Malachi has a lot of warnings against priests um, and all the ways that they keep people actually from drawing close to God. Uh, and that's what we read this morning in our first reading. But before we jump into kind of what I really want to look at today, we have to answer the apologetic question because if I don't, you're all going to go home and think, why didn't Father Brian address that? He just dodged this. So apologetics, if you don't know, that word, it comes from the Latin word apologia, which means a defense. And it's when you, you defend something. And in our gospel today, we have one of those verses where it seems like the Catholic Church is kind of out of line from what Jesus taught. So Jesus today says very clearly, call no one on earth father. And I think he was just wrong. I'm just kidding. (laughs) This is a hard one. This is a a tough one for me. This is not your life, but this is my life, okay? Whenever, every time I go to a Starbucks, it's awkward. Every time. Because you know, every time as a priest... Every time you go to Starbucks, I walk in in my collar, and there's someone behind the counter, and they're like, can I get a name for the cup? <laughs> and this is not your life, but this is my life, and my life is, do I say Father Brian? And if they're a Protestant, they're offended. If they're not Catholic, if they're secular, they're like, that is so condescending. And so I worry about that. I'm like, am I, oh my gosh, am I like being totally condescending, demanding my title, Should I say Father Brian? Or do I like betray my identity as a priest and do I just kind of cower and be like, I'm Brian. (laughs) Again, not your life, but mine, right? This is a real thing for me. It happened yesterday. (laughs) And I'm not going to tell you how I do it. But this is tough. It's a real thing. And it happens to me all the time. I had two weddings the last two days. And the, the wedding yesterday, the wedding coordinator, and you never know what's going on in people's heads. Sometimes you have Protestants, and you know that they are referencing this scripture passage. And I'll say, hi, I'm Father Brian. And they say, they'll look you right in the eye and they say, hi, Brian. And I'm like, may God have mercy on your soul. Uh, but, but it happened at the wedding, too, this wedding coordinator. And I don't think she meant anything by it but I must introduce myself five times as Father Brian. And she just, every time she meets, she says, hey, Brian. Um, And I'm just like, I just don't think you would do that to a rabbi. I just don't. Um, So how do we address this as Catholics? How do we, it seems so clear that Jesus here is teaching this. And is there an answer? And of course there is. Our mother of the church is very wise, and his beautiful teaching. So why do we call priest father? The first thing is that the context for today's reading and everything Jesus talks about 
here in Matthew 23 is about people who exalt themselves, but they don't live it from the heart. That's the entire context of today's reading. And that's what Jesus is going after. The main focus is not merely the title, and we'll see that in a second. Now, that being said, an important thing to say is there are priests who do this. And we as Catholics, right, we are not Catholics because we think everyone in the church is perfect. For a priest to seek to exalt himself betrays the entire meaning of the priesthood. This is so popular today. This is, I think, the main reason why many people have a problem that the church only ordains men, because they think that the priesthood is a power, is a, is a position of power. The priesthood is a position of humility and service. And when people use it as a tool for their own power, they have betrayed everything it means to be a priest and God has some pretty stern warnings for priests who do that. So priests should never do that. I do get people sometimes, it doesn't happen as much these days, but I remember when I was in seminary or when I was first ordained, people would say, so, so Ryan or Father Brian, you know, whatever they chose, they would say, so what are, what are kind of your career goals? And I was like, well, I don't, I'm kind of arrogant to think I could be the, the Archbishop of New York, but you know, maybe Philly? I don't know. <laughs> right? No, I don't have career goals. Priesthood is not about going forward. Priesthood is about humbling yourself and laying your life down for your church. That's what priesthood is, and anyone who thinks that priesthood is about power and position is creating a sinful idea before God. Totally backwards. John chapter 10, Jesus says, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Beautiful thing. So that's the first thing. But it was still, how, why do we call priests father? Doesn't Jesus say right here not to? If we take that verse literalistically, if we literally read that, call, and Jesus says, call no one on earth father, then no one means no one. If that verse is a literal verse to be taken literally, then you cannot call your dad father. It says it very clearly. And so someone who comes to you and says, Oh, you're a Catholic. How can you Catholics call priest father? And again, it's important that we don't lash back and forth. We have to love our brothers and sisters, but we want to show them there's a reason. Jesus is not attacking that word, per se. He's going after people who exalt themselves, but who don't live from the heart. So they could not call their own biological dad father. And it's just important. If we read it that way, we need to be consistent. The third reason why the church says this is it sees that context, that what this is about is self-exaltation. But then also, brothers and sisters, in the New Testament, a whole bunch of times, 
St. Paul calls himself Father. Let me give you one example from 1 Corinthians 4. So St. Paul says this. This is 1 Corinthians 4.15. He says, For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. Or you have countless guides, you do not have many fathers. And he's speaking to the Christians of the church of Corinth. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Now, did the Holy Spirit just kind of forget that Jesus had said this in Matthew 23? Right? We believe this is the inspired word of God. Priests shouldn't demand their title. When people, you know, come to me and they just call me Brian, I don't demand that they call me Father. I think that's inimical to the priesthood. But there are reasons, brothers and sisters. Okay. Already gone too long on that. I want to move towards our main theme today. All of us have a self-image, don't we? Like, I think I'm a little funnier than I really am. My, my assistant, Mary, she always says, she's like, you priests, people will laugh at anything at church. She's like, you are not that funny. <laughs> I'm like, whatever, you heard it. But we all have this image of ourselves, and there's things we look at and we say, I want to be like this. We see ourselves a certain way. And there's an image that we can pursue that we tend to model our lives after. We all do it. Maybe, you know, you're someone, ladies, maybe you're that, you have that thought of, yep, I'm that one, and I walk in the room, everyone kind of turns their head. They're like, wow, look at that hair. Not me, women. <laughs> I don't have much hair left, I know. Or maybe you're someone who tends to think of themselves, what you value and the image you have is an image of wisdom. You're that person people come to for advice and they say, wow, you really have a lot of wisdom and you can counsel people. Maybe you're someone who's really strong. Maybe you're physically strong. Maybe you're emotionally strong. Maybe you're the one that people lean on when they're going through hard times and you really value that. Maybe you're someone who's kind of the life of the party, and everything's kind of a little dead, and then you show up, and now it starts. We all have images. We have things that we think about ourselves. We have a direction we're moving. And today, what I want to talk about, brothers and sisters, is that at the end of the day, there's really two images the Bible gives us, and this is about today's gospel. There's two kind of images at the end of the day, that we can have. Two images. What I want to draw on for this, and what it's really about is there's, there's two virtues that embody this. One virtue, one vice. Humility is the virtue I want to talk about today, and the vice, the counter to humility, is pride. And those words, sometimes we don't get what they mean. And for simplicity today, I just want to say, what is pride? What does it mean to be someone who has pride? Pride is when you and I choose the highest place. Right? Pride is when we say, I'm above this. We go up to the top. 
We say, I'm taking that, that best of all places. And the most important way that we do that is with God. When the church condemns pride, it really is speaking about our relationship with God. It's when we think, I don't need anybody. I know how to get through life. I am not a creature, and no one's going to tell me what to do. I actually think one of the chief manifestations of pride is people who refuse to go to church. Because they know everything. And they're on their way to salvation, and they don't need God. They may not think of it that way, but I really think that's what it is. So pride is saying, I don't need you, God, and I'm going to choose the highest place. I'm going to exalt myself. Humility is when we choose the lowest place. It's when we choose to serve. It's when we go to the lowest spot. That's what humility is. Humility doesn't mean you hate yourself. It doesn't mean a false humility. It doesn't mean that, you know, Deacon Daryl, you know, tells everybody, wow, like, well, I wasn't that big of a deal in the Army Rangers. Yeah, you were. Right? That would be a lie. Humility means we serve. It means we serve others. That's what humility is. And St. Augustine talks about it this way. So St. Augustine wrote this book, The City of God. It's a really dense read, but a really important book. And so St. Augustine says there's two kinds of people. And don't we, we love doing that? We love, there's two kinds of people. There's Broncos fans, and I heard today we're playing Philadelphia, and so there's Broncos fans and Eagles fans, right? Or, we divide the world into twos. And the church does the same thing. I asked the 845 mass who the Broncos were playing today, and everybody kind of mumbled. They're like, uh, and, and then someone said, well, the Eagles. And it was like they were all saying, Father, I just, I'm so religious, I didn't even know there was a game today. <laughs> like, what, what is football? I've heard of it. <laughs> but I'm so, I'm so enthralled by divine things. There's two kinds of people in the world. St. Augustine says this. He says, for all the differences of the many and very great nations throughout the world in religions and morals, languages, weapons, and dress, there exist no more than two kinds of society, which according to our scriptures, we have rightly called the two cities. One city is that of men who live according to the flesh, the other is of men who live according to the Spirit. And so St. Augustine wrote this whole book, The City of God, and he says, there's, in the end of the day, there's two cities. There's the city of man, and there's the city of God. There's two kinds of people in the world. And this is so powerful. Let's go just a few pages forward. St. Augustine says this. He says, each of those cities looks a certain way. They have a certain key way of behaving. He says, humility is the virtue especially esteemed in the city of God and so recommended to its citizens in their present pilgrimage on earth. And because it is one that was particularly outstanding in Christ its king. So it is that pride, the vice contrary to this virtue, is, as Holy Scripture tells us, especially dominant in Christ's adversary, the devil. 
Here's what today's gospel is about. Are you a person, brothers and sisters, if you're going to be a person who belongs to the city of God, the virtue that needs to radiate from you is humility. That virtue should shine out of your every pore. The worldly vice that we see so commonly, and it's in each of us, is pride. Pride is when I exalt myself. Humility, and as Augustine said, as we just heard, was so strong in Jesus. So think about this. How do we understand what humility is? Do you want to really understand humility? Father Brian, how do I grow in humility? All you have to do is look at him. For Jesus was in the highest place. He is God himself. He is the one who in justice and truth receives the adoration and the worship of heaven and earth. But Jesus didn't choose himself. He became, as St. Paul says in Philippians 2, he humbled himself, he became a slave because he loved. Do you want to belong to the city of God? You have to love humility. You have to love others more than yourself. And when you love others more, you serve them. One story about that, just a concrete example. We had our fall fest, uh, or we called it Oktoberfest in September. And every time we do it, it's a great event, but at the end of the night, everyone's tired. Everyone's tired, and they've been out there for hours, and it's time to go home, and there's a big mess to clean up. And one of the most beautiful things I've experienced this year was I was out there with some other people, and we were cleaning up, and there was one of our parishioners, and he was out there with his son, who I would guess is 12 years old. And his son turned to me and he said, Dad, and I said, call no man father. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but he was like, Dad, he's like, can we go home? It was like 10 o'clock at night. Can we go home, Dad? And it was, I, I, it just struck me to the heart. He turned to his son, and he looked at him and he said, you and I serve. We serve others. Now go get that table. Let's put it away. That's humility. That's someone who loves others more than themselves. Didn't need someone to announce that. Didn't need me to tell a story at Mass. But I was so moved by that. That's someone who gets it. And then finally, back to our gospel. What are phylacteries? I love this. You hear this in Mass, it says, Jesus says they, they widen their phylacteries. And so I looked up the word in the Greek. You know what the Greek word for phylactery is? Phylactery. <laughs> that's, that's literally what it says in the Greek, phylactery. What a phylactery is, you can still see it today. Orthodox Jews, what they do is they would make these little boxes, and they still do today. And sometimes they're made of leather, sometimes they're made of wood, and they put scripture passages inside of them. 
And what they do with that little box is they put a leather kind of band on it, strap, and they tie it to their forehead or to their arm. And so think about this. What, are, what they're doing is actually something really good. By the way, tassels, it says they lengthen their tassels. Tassels in Jesus' day are a symbol of obedience to God's law. The reason the, the Pharisees did this, why do they have phylacteries on their head? Is because of Deuteronomy 6. In Deuteronomy 6, God says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength. These words which I command you, you shall, shall be upon your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. Brothers and sisters, the word of God is supposed to saturate us. We all know movie lines, we all know song lyrics, but few of us know the Word of God. The Word of God is supposed to saturate our hearts and our minds. You shall bind them as a sign upon your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. That's why the Pharisees made phylacteries. God in Deuteronomy 6 commands us to put his commandments between our eyes. But here's the problem. The Pharisees made it a show. They broadened them so everyone could see, wow, I have the law of God on my mind and on my arm, and my tassels are long because I think it's important to be obedient to the commandments. By the way, there's nothing wrong with wearing those things. God commands it. The problem is if it's fake. Do you actually love God? That whole passage in Deuteronomy 6, God is teaching us we have to love him. Lord, I want to love you so much. I want to think about you constantly. I want your law to be in my mind and in my heart. I want you to be my everything. And the Pharisees were making that into something that was about them. The one who exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Finally, this morning, I just want to leave you with this. Brothers and sisters, this is what you, if you want to enter the city of God, you have to humble yourself. You have to be lowly. You have to love God more than yourself. And the embodiment of that, after Jesus, Jesus is the one who shows us how to do that. He emptied himself. But the other one who does, a lot of people have a problem with our love of Mary. But this is exactly why Mary is great. Right today, Matthew 23, 12, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, whoever humbles himself will be exalted. In Luke chapter 1, Mary says that God has cast down the mighty ones from their thrones, but he has lifted up the lowly. Mary humbled herself. She is the humble virgin, the handmaid of the Lord. 
And because she humbled herself, God exalted her. And so today, brothers and sisters, pride is something that runs through us. But we have to be like Jesus. We have to humble ourselves. And so, Lord, we ask for that virtue this morning. Jesus, we ask that we might not exalt ourselves, but that in looking upon you, Lord, that we would love your humility. That you were exalted, but you became a slave for us. Lord, help us to love your humility, to imitate it. Help us to truly be citizens and members of the city of God. Let us now stand and profess our faith.